Welcome, everyone, to your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk about the D23 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel and presentation with a special look at the Yet Unaired Season 7. After that, we're going to talk about some of the agents, lowercase a, of uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows that are coming as well. But uh, Pete, have to mention somewhat uh, cruelly, perhaps, the S.H.I.E.L.D. panel and the Disney Plus panel were not only separate, but they were, um, they were scheduled in different rooms at slightly different times. It was like 3 o'clock start for S.H.I.E.L.D., 3.30 for Disney Plus. I don't know. Pete, maybe that's just smart conventioneering. You know, take your interests, split it. So that way there's seats for everybody. Maybe it's proof that everyone's out to get Jeff Loeb. <laughs> I think you have to find a way to accommodate a little bit better at this convention among all. I mean, if this was San Diego or something like that, you could understand the overlap. There, your argument holds a little bit more water. This feels personal well on a on a more positive yet personal note uh we're gonna note the ascension of ming na wen to the title of disney legend on the first day of d23 pete let me throw a quote at you from ming na wen when people ask me how i get my inspiration for all these strong female roles it's my mom and she's here Single mom, held down three jobs to raise her kids, met my stepfather, and he was able to bring us to America, and she is a woman warrior through and through. It's a tremendous tribute and, you know, just full-on respect and love for Ming-Na Wen coming up through Pittsburgh, the child of immigrants who just worked their tails off to give her the opportunities that she's gotten and look what she's turned it into. She is a Disney legend known the world over will continue to be known the world over because of this work and this honor now. And, uh, you know, couldn't be happier for somebody we've had the chance to interview. Indeed. And, uh, it was at this Disney legend, uh, uh, quite swearing in but the, the the award being given to all these uh, disney legends where it was announced that she will also be on the mandalorian i know that we've discussed that over on our mandalorian podcast as well as on the pop culture podcast feed so dear listener if you have not listened to that yet go check it out absolutely and you consider as well that you know her honoring comes at a time when oh now she'll be in The Mandalorian, and to what extent we don't know. And thank goodness Fantastic Geek will be bringing you that as well. But, uh, yeah, just opening uh, up a whole other galaxy after participating in a, a big one in its own right in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, keeping it square there in Anaheim, Pete, it was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, so of course... Episode 701 was shown. That's right, Pete. Marvel Television showed an episode at a Marvel Television panel. An episode that's not going to air until at least the spring, likely May. I'm really kind of surprised they went this direction. Um, I think I can agree with you partially. I also think... This is straight out of the Marvel TV playbook to, you know, Pete, 
no doubt there was, you know, we wanted to, this is my Jeff Loeb voice, by the way, we wanted to bring you something. So we thought maybe just for everybody in this room, I'm doing a little circle finger with my uh, circle motion with my finger here that we could show you episode seven on one. Ah, you know, it, Matt, which side of the room am I on? And what am I going to say when you point at me? You are in the center section. You are of uh, to to <laughs> let's see, as I face the audience as Jeff Loeb to my left is agents in the centers of to the right is shield. Okay. Um, I hear what you're saying in terms of the publicity and you know now that that episode is out there. Here's the flip side, Pete. What what's it going to do? Deflate people and the show's going to get canceled after the seventh season. Well, I think the just the practicality of of TV that obviously it was filmed that it's edited that it's locked this long ahead of time to me just seems a little strange. And you've shown it, and all right, you've shown it to a pretty select and small audience that one could note any major changes that might occur in the months and months until it airs. And two, um, you know, you could get away with smaller things. I, I get it. I'm just surprised. I mean, it, <laughs> we're talking about ostensibly the end of a school year. <laughs> they, they, they rolled the final exam out, Matt, and, and everything else hasn't been taught yet. Well, I think at the end of the day, that's, that just goes with the weirdness of, they want to do a shield panel at this biannual uh, D23. So you got to have something um, much love to Marvel television, but Pete, let's go to the videotape to show footage from season four of daredevil. No, to show, you know, like <laughs> so many of these other shows have been axed where I know kind of chronologically. Uh, you didn't runaways. have a little runaways to, to throw up there. I mean, that's going to be on there a lot sooner. You know what, Pete? Maybe we can prognosticate something then. What's going to fill a Marvel television at D23 sized room? What's going to fill it better? Uh, Runaways that comes out in December or Shield 701? You know, they were up front with. You, you're not wrong. You're you're not wrong in that. I just again with the with the time lag and. This is my own impatience, and Matt will tell you I am a patient person. Um, I, I want to see more shield and not have this gigantic weight like we've had twice now. I still would not. I wouldn't be completely surprised if, you know, Hulu exclusive starting in March or something like that, the kind of like Disney hey, Plus. Or, or Disney Plus or, or the something. The streaming debut of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7 before the plebeians get the over-the-air debut in May. I mean, something like that. You know, I, I know we spoke on the Marvel Movie Podcast about the notion of, you know, will New Mutants end up on Hulu so that you can call it value-added as opposed to you know, as opposed to exist in its current state, the shield season seven end up in a similar position. I guess first and foremost would be when they get done crunching Disney plus numbers, do they sit and go, Hey, we have a sense demographically, or we've sent out email polls, whatever it is. Hey, we got X percent of the star Wars, uh, households. We get X percent of the 
I don't know, 10 and under animation households. Oh, we're a little short on Marvel TV stuff since uh, since the first Marvel series off the top of my head, Pete. That would be September 2020 for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, hey, we're short on moving Marvel people over to Disney+. Plus. Hey, this could do it with the S.H.I.E.L.D. people. I, I don't know. I think, I think it's possible. I think, too, I don't know, with Hulu shows... With Marvel TV bringing stuff to Hulu and Runaways in the Runaways Cloak and Dagger crossover and the possibilities that Cloak and Dagger is done with and will only show up in Runaways uh, in Cloak and Dagger reruns on Hulu, etc., etc. Maybe it's like, hey, Jeff Loeb, you get to help drive Hulu numbers. And and guess what? That's a much more popular thing with 25 million subscribers. Congrats, Jeff Loeb. We're not pushing you out. Falcon and the Winter Soldier over here. Bucky got a haircut. I, I, I don't know, but um, I'll just loop back to where I started this rant, Pete. It says something about the strength of S.H.I.E.L.D. relative to everything else, such as it is, on the Marvel TV uh, slate that it was S.H.I.E.L.D. that took up this hour and not Runaways and not Runaways plus Cloak and Dagger, not early look or early tease for Hellstrom or, or Ghost Rider or... Jeff Loeb announcing the litany of things that are really exciting in the future that he's not at liberty to talk about yet. It's true. And then by the time they're showing a trailer for season seven, um, complete with a little scene now that we have out there as well, um, you know, that this is a show that has just wrapped permanently the series. This is a show that, within the month we're talking here wrapped its sixth season, which by the way, just hit Netflix as we're recording on a, on a Monday night on labor day, just hit Netflix yesterday on Sunday, September 1st. Um, so I just think it's, it's so condensed how rare a situation we just wrapped a season. We just wrapped the series Hey, here's the trailer for next season. Um, just an odd confluence, I think. Well, certainly a well-attended and energetic panel there for Marvel Television. Uh, as noted, again, kind of concurrent to that was the Disney Plus panel. Uh, around the same time, actually, that S.H.I.E.L.D. was going on was that first half of the Disney Plus panel. A lot of it was kind of kid-oriented, which is fine it's not what we're here to talk about today but that you know that's exciting stuff uh or some of it kind of a redress of san diego comic-con um particularly with uh them talking about the what if series but pete they brought captain carter images yes they've they've done that which is again a, a poorly kept secret intentionally so and that we're going to get the essentially Captain Britain story with Peggy Carter, somebody who's believed in Haley Atwell to show up in the 1930s, you know, uh, 20th century storyline of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season seven. I would prognosticate maybe we have hopping through time and maybe get her. It certainly could be. I mean, 1931 could be pushing it, but uh, it's not outside the realm of possibility. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in the 40s and the 50s in whatever it is. I don't know. But Pete, we'll keep it on Disney Plus here. 
they talked about Loki and said, Tesseract questions will be answered. Again, this portion that kind of was the redress of information given at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Did they use the really, really awful mixed font logo? Pete, that seems to be the logo. I, I uh, share the kind of font hole uh, angst there. Uh, Pete, maybe it'll maybe that font will all be answered too. Maybe it's one font for each time <laughs> period where Loki shows up. Just there are better fan-made logos out there. <laughs> uh, they also talked about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, this time with Emily Van Camp's Sharon Carter on stage. That's right, Pete. We had both Carters on stage at the Disney Plus panel. Pretty cool. And I love that they're able to reincorporate her. And you got to remember, there's somebody with a TV background before she got drafted into... Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and obviously showing back up in Civil War as part of that story. Um, so really, really hopeful we get to flesh her out. We we know very, very little other than the connection to Peggy Carter. Quick side note, let's not forget Emily Van Camp on Everwood played the girlfriend of Chris Pratt's character, that his first uh, TV job, and I think one of his first jobs in Hollywood. So, who knew that Everwood on the WB would be laying down the, uh, I don't know, the foundation for portions of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the 21st century? So, good job casting people. No one knew, Matt. <laughs> no one knew. Well, this was then at a point in the Disney Plus uh, presentation, or at least the Marvel portion of the Disney Plus presentation, where we started to get into some new territory. Uh, they spoke about WandaVision. The presentation suddenly had 60s music. Uh, references were made to the Dick Van Dyke show, kind of adding that flair to WandaVision, uh, which was called Half Sitcom, Half Marvel Amazingness. Pete, I don't know what that means exactly. This project has me scratching my head, but in a good way. I just do not know what to make of this. And then the number of... Uh, performers that have been cast to this, it, it, it seems like a stew I think I'm really going to enjoy, but I just can't imagine what it's going to taste like just yet. Well, Pete, you mentioned some of the casting there. Kat Dennings, that's your Darcy from Thor's 1 and 2, uh, will join the show, as well as Randall Park. He, Pete, not just of your Agent Wu, but let's not forget that... Uh, he, he played one of the leads in The Interview, that movie which caused such international angst that Sony got hacked, da, 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 that led us to, for a brief time, having Spider-Man uh, in the MCU. So kind of a weird homecoming, low, lower case H there for Randall Park, but Agent Wu is back. Uh, one of Darcy the leads, can we, can we, you know, name his, his character properly, Kim Jong-un? Listen, I just didn't want to raise the ire of new freedom North Korean or electronic army <laughs> yes um but what, what gets what uh what what character gets reincorporated in some universe if fantastic geek gets hacked <laughs> um does boba think, fett come back someplace <laughs> i think that you see um I, I i believe in the real world there's like it's true that the character of mantis appeared as mantis in dc as well so maybe post fantastic geek hack that's when there's like this 
this major undertaking of a of a what if live action what if in which mantis goes from the marvel world to the dc world and is there for 90 minutes and comes back or something like that you know it's maybe it's the, the great conjunction of marvel and dc uh, hey i think anything's possible at this point uh also joining the cast of wandavision is katherine hahn who's been in a ton of stuff ton of voice work uh, not my mother-in-law katherine hahn that is my mother-in-law's name <laughs> wow that is that is weird no this spelled the... spelled differently katherine this... with a the, the katherine in uh hollywood is katherine with a y ah uh well bottom line i I feel like I know her best from Parks and Rec, uh, also from uh, Step Brothers. She was the the uh, wife to Adam Scott's character. So that's an eclectic and weird cast right there, particularly for a show, Pete, that I think like a lot of people are anticipating some sort of reality-bending stuff, whether it's House of M or things to that degree. I don't know that we get to the end of WandaVision with the events having counted for real or... Uh, or, or something like that. So it just kind of adds to the mystery here how characters from Thor, Ant-Man and the Wasp, new character, and a dead character, and Wanda Maximoff all come together. Obviously, they're going to play around with Wanda's reality-altering abilities. I just wonder, at the end of the series, at the end of the day, how much sticks it's conceived it seems as a device to bring vision back for good shrug uh but again you know more of these characters including one we did not think we would see again uh certainly welcome i will share a bit of prognostication here i know that so scarlet witch shows up in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness that comes out May 7th, 2021. I know that it is the spring of 2021 when WandaVision is going to come out. And I think, uh, what's the number, Pete? Is it six, eight, eight episodes? How long are each of these Disney Plus Marvel shows? Whatever that number is, Pete, it would be cool if it's that exact. Let, let's just pick a number, say it's an eight episode thing. It would be really cool if it's eight, the, the eight whatever pick a day of the week the eight wednesdays before may 7th 2021 that's when the first episode comes out and you get that experience of season finale boom oh man let's go see dr strange in the next couple of days to see how this story continues so you'd be watching your agents of shield and then on friday or thursday night go see captain america the winter soldier and then the following week see another episode that deals with the aftermath who could conceive such a thing matthew jeff Loeb could have no wait don't bar him from the hall he has disney plus show ideas too um so that'll whatever that is I, I, if nothing else i think wandavision fits into the kind of current mcu phase of you know you think you knew some of these characters already because you picked up an Iron Man comic in 1978 or you saw an animated thing in 1994, you know, now it's kind of like, we're kind of, I don't say off the reservation in a bad way, but what are the expectations for this? I don't know. And I think that sums up a lot of the MCU in the next couple of years. Yeah. And then you bring in some of these other announcements that 
some of them they were able to keep a lid on and others less so. Yeah, it was bizarre watching stuff leak to Deadline or The Hollywood Reporter, you know, at two hours, an hour, 30 minutes before announcements. Um, I don't know if that was intentional leaking or I don't, I don't know the particulars there. But bottom line is this about an hour prior to this panel where it had leaked about the Ms. Marvel series. It was formally announced here. We have the 5G quote. You will meet her in her Disney Plus series and then see her in the films that's that's an exciting launch pad there it is and you know they had made the decision earlier that this would be a film character but they're treating these series so much like film and the ability to launch her there and then to eventually incorporate her in the film universe i think is is too good to pass up they're clearly intentionally blurring the lines here. And you think, you, know, you think, for example, of like some of the lower, the lower end of the MCU, not in terms of quality, but in terms of maybe buzz or budget. You take, for example, like Ant-Man, $130 million budget. All right, well, that's in the same neighborhood of, um, of, of budget that, say, The Mandalorian has gotten for eight episodes. So similarly... You know, you can launch Miss Mar- Ms. Marvel in in a movie, uh, in a side thing, maybe kind of the way you did the Spider-Man Civil War. Or you could say, hey, let's, you know, let's do a, I don't know, $8 million an episode for eight episodes. Let's do a $64, $65 million Ms. Marvel show to launch the character in an authentic way. I'm certainly very excited about the entire prospect, Pete. But, Pete, would you like to hear some tinfoil hat conspiracy stuff? Oh, I'm always up for a laugh. All right, Pete. Some people online are so offended that showrunner uh, Bisha K. Ali has made private, or in the words of those tinfoil hat people, hidden her profile, her social media profiles. They think that she has something to hide, clearly kind of coded xenophobia, racism, etc. Your thoughts, Pete? If only she didn't have a reason to dodge the nonsense people would hurl at her. Yeah, I mean, I think in this day and age, if, if nothing else, Pete, you know, I, you look at the whole um, James Gunn situation, and if she needs to take time to clear up dumb jokes from her Twitter from five years ago, fine, go do it. If she just wants to not put out there in the most public of social media profiles not put herself out there as a Muslim woman show running a show about a Muslim woman. I mean, it, it was insane, Pete, to see people. Oh, I have a right to go through all of her tweets. No, that's just but completely creepy. predictable. Like you have a right to watch her show or check out her other work and say, hey, I was totally in love with her script for Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, the remake or something on Hulu. I could have some of those details wrong, but I think that is the script she wrote. Or, oh man, her episode of this show, I, I was totally bored by it or whatever. But the, it's like, it, I was going to say it was disappointing. How about this way, Pete? It was not surprising to see people saying, you know, she's telling me no because she's made private her social media profiles. and How dare she do that? And it was like, get a life. 
Yeah. And um, people don't need to have everything. She doesn't need to be on social media either. She owes that to no one. And let's think about the spirit of the character for the show that she's going to run. This is somebody who is a fan of Captain Marvel, which is also upset some dumb dumbs. So this is like, this is like the moron triple crown. They, they get to hate on a, a variety of different scenarios and their ability to do that has been denied. So yeah, of, of course they, they need to put that anger someplace. Well, Pete, I don't throw around the phrase dumb, dumb, uh, lightly, but, uh, as we segue to one of the other announcements here, there were people online complaining, not only that there's going to be a She-Hulk TV series, but now they've gone and ruined the character because they've just decided to make a female <laughs> Hulk. Wow. I mean, it's baffling, bafflingly stupid. And the number of times I saw that take, just like, you know... I'm glad that people have discovered these characters, but uh, maybe you should read something once in a while. Like maybe a Marvel comic. I don't know. But yes, the She-Hulk series uh, announced as well as Moon Knight, uh, all part of phase four. I think it is, I don't want to say pump the brakes, but let's give this some context here. Both shows are in development, so don't expect anything until at least 2021. Um, and don't forget that with Loki in the pipeline for early 2021 and Hawkeye, uh, late 2021, I would even say it's 2022 when you start to see Moon Knight and She-Hulk showing up. And don't forget, they still really, really like Squirrel Girl. They're, you know, other irons in the fire, as it were. Yeah, I mean, tons of potential. It is it is weird to be thinking so far in advance. I know in some of our other D23 coverage, we've talked about how, you know, there's kind of this necessity for D23 to have great stuff that makes it worthwhile to pay for your D23 membership and to go to D23, the convention, etc. You know, flip side, certainly it wasn't like Marvel was handing out, you know, She-Hulk hats or something like that. They're not kind of getting ahead of themselves in terms of there's all these other shows to watch before we get to She-Hulk and Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel in, again, probably 2022. But it is slightly weird. Like, would they have made this announcement if there wasn't a D23 that was it for Disney Plus, for Marvel Studios for the next two years? Eh, maybe not. But exciting I, news nonetheless. I think not at all. And when you consider that pretty soon, Matt, will be at New York Comic Con, what announcement or announcements might come out then? I think you're going to see Marvel television announcements, whatever they, whatever they might be. Maybe that's when you get your Hellstrom and Ghost Rider, you know, grand reveals to some degree, first footage, uh, the next phase for Marvel, Marvel television live action. Um, I feel like Marvel Studios really hasn't had much of a presence there. So maybe that's your kind of West Coast, East Coast, you know, rap battle differentiator there. <laughs> well, Daredevil's got to get saved someplace, Matt. This is true. Uh, Pete, as we start to wrap up our Disney Plus uh, coverage here, 
Uh, we had put forth a poll asking people, what is your Disney Plus strategy? Uh, 18% said not getting this slash what's this. 29% said $7 a month. 12% said $70 up front for a year. And 41% said they were going to do that $150 up front to get the three years. I can't wait until the numbers are put together and we hear how many people they got with this offer. Uh, I totally agree. I think it's probably in the neighborhood of late October when we would have that announced. At least Pete, the Wall Street people shall hear that from Disney financial calls, etc. Uh, some thoughts on the topic here. First one to sound off, the ever sagacious Dr. Bob Keeley, who said, Pete, to be honest, had said something I had not quite considered. One benefit of upfront is the price can't go up for three years. I, I think that's a completely true observation. I think Disney would be well-served to not touch that really low price point of $7 a month. Um, I, I think they'd be well-served to not touch that for a number of years, but does this proof against it and at, a, at an attractive rate, you bet. The, the savings is phenomenal, and yes, it's going to auto-renew. I, I saw a lot of people who availed themselves of the offer, oh, I'm, I'm going to forget, and I, I've got to set a, an alarm before the auto renew. I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, I, that is one way to, uh, to make sure you have a churn is the thing they want to avoid. I mean, hopefully it's people don't churn because they are actively in love with your service, but people don't need to love a service. Sometimes they just need to like it enough to not, to not have this be the month that you click cancel. Uh, Pete, another response here from Mike Sorensen. That's at badwolf underscore media on Twitter. My budget says month to month is my option, but if the package deal with Hulu is accurate, I may go that route, including the ESPN app I'll never use. Pete, that is, if you bundle all three together, it is, uh, it is $13 a month, um, which uh, I believe is, let's see, no, I take that back. That would not be savings if you just do Disney Plus $7 a month and Hulu at its current rate. Um, but you would then get the ESPN thing thrown in there. And coincidentally, $13 a month is what most people pay for Netflix. So uh, Mike's thinking about different options there. Yeah. And I think people really recognize this as a, a tremendous deal. The amount of people I saw sign up for this and then post the, you know, how many days and hours and minutes until it was uh, active uh, speaks to the excitement now around this. You know, we've we've seen streamers launch. I mean, Matt, who can forget our internal fantastic geek countdown until CBS All Access launched that day in September two years <laughs> ago, you know, and, and how excited we were. It is it is interesting that, uh, you know, there still is a distaste, at least from you and I, there still is a distaste towards CBS All Access for a variety of reasons. The fact that Disney has, Disney has mined nostalgia for the past and nostalgia for the future into having people pay for a thing, not just up front, but to pay for it, to make a three-year commitment to a thing they have yet to get. Um it's it's just an amazing marketing move there. Um, I know that was echoed by 
our pal Jen Phillips, who was happy to get that three-year deal. Pete, she blames Ming-Na Wen and John Favreau. <laughs> These are good people to blame. And, uh, you know, Disney legends both. And the reason a lot of things have happened and will continue to happen as far as entertainment. Couple more tweets here. Nay, Pete, three more tweets. Uh, our tippity top pal, Mary Kirk, said, already paid and the countdown to The Mandalorian begun. Well, we certainly agree, countdown to The Mandalorian there. Uh, Drew and Dawkins. she was somebody, you know, I, I'm not betraying confidence when I tell you Mary was on the fence about Disney uh, Plus, at least when it came to The Mandalorian. And then I shared a couple things with her. And she was like, yeah, I need to get in on that. So, you know, if they can win Mary over, they can win a lot of uh, lesser minded people who don't seem to understand the value of what is being presented to them come November. Drew Dawkins, that's uh, at Drew, D-R-U, Dawk. Uh, says upfront for a year seems the best idea. Uh, and then Pete, and I have not set this up to be a dramatic showdown. It just literally was the last tweet in this thread. Um, a reply from Fulgrim that's at underscore the Canadian underscore says, uh, Fulgrim says as follows, I planned on doing it upfront, but with the reveal that they're doing weekly releases for new stuff instead of the prime Netflix model, I'm no longer interested. We'll just get it a month at a time as things finish up. Your thoughts, Pete? Oh, Matt, here is the uh, news report I got from today. Netflix going back to the traditional week-to-week -week model for some projects. Uh, that is true. There's a, um American Idol meets hip-hop thing. Pete, I know, tip T.I. Harris is going to be one of the people uh, mentoring on that show. Uh, that's a show that's going to release the first week, one week, and then you have to tune in next week to get the next bunch of episodes, and then finale week, the third week. So um, I, I think... Look, you can you can Disney Plus any way you want. I think if we had a, a Disney Plus executive here, they'd say, "Great, so you're not going to pay. You're going to start to pay us week to week, the second week in November, or not week to week. You're not going to pay us month to month in the beginning of November. You're going to wait until the end of December to then be a customer potentially for life because we have great back catalog and new stuff coming out. Okay, we lost out on fourteen bucks." Uh, but now we have you for life, so time will tell. I don't really think they're worried. Well, Pete, we have been able to share all this D23 coverage because of the fine people who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. It's like that Patreon page is like a little mini PG23 fan club. I don't know, but Pete made possible by them. Every contributor gets access to exclusive podcast content. And there's all sorts of levels past there. And we'll never ask you to pay $140 for three years in advance. <laughs> that is completely true. You know what else is true, Pete? People want to talk with you on Twitter about all these offerings coming to Disney Plus, about all these things dealing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How can they talk to you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-10,616, Matt, 616 followers, can't be wrong. 
And while I am personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, we will update the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. saga as needed. As more information comes to the various corners of Disney+, Plus. we'll let you know, dear listeners, that might be showing up on your Mandalorian feed, on your Marvel movie feed, on your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feed. That might be showing up, certainly, on your pop culture podcast feed. But with that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Delightful. <laughs>